Welcome to the Superpower Success Podcast. At Keystone, we believe exceptional organizations don't just happen. They are built by focused leaders that recognize their authentic leadership superpowers. Join us for a serious dose of inspiration. Welcome everybody to the Superpower Success Podcast. You guys all know that this podcast is built around the idea that there is no one definition to success. We also need to be prepared for success. You know, are we doing the things we need to do to be, as my guests today would say, future fit or packaged for success? And so that's what we're going to talk about. I am so excited to have Haiti Antizana with me. She's a speaker. She's an author. I have seen her on stage. She is a phenom that travels all over the world to speak and share her story, to share her expertise. And we are really, really lucky to have her here today. Thanks for being on, Haiti. Yay, welcome. I'm in Southern California, wine country. So I want to be where you're at. Next one we record is in person. (laughs) I know, and in Temecula, wonderful place. And um, we've gone from 100 degrees to 73. So we edging into winter. I love it. So we're talking about success today, right? Something you're very, you you have quite a bit of, right? I, I want you to just start with, tell us your story, right? How did you get from wherever you started to this level of success as a speaker and an author? It started as a young girl living in Bolivia. I grew up um, and lived in Bolivia. And I remember so distinctly the day I was nine years old, Jamie, and I opened this magazine of my mom and there I saw Cindy Crawford with that luxurious thick hair flowing across a double page ad of L'Oreal. I don't know if you remember those Cindy Crawford ads, those very luxurious ads in, in those times. And from that day, I was determined that that's the company I wanted to work with. And that's the power of branding right there. And soon after that, um, at, when I was 10, we moved to South Africa and my dream really followed me. Um, I completed my marketing degree there and um, had an action plan that still wanted to work for L'Oreal, but they just wouldn't take somebody without experience. So every week, every Monday, I would phone the L'Oreal marketing manager to convince him to hire me. The only problem was he didn't have a job for me and he didn't want me. Um, But after six months, he said, you know what? I keep telling you we don't have an intern program, but I have so... I have a feeling, he said to me, that it's not going to make you stop calling me. So pack your bags, fly up, and I'll figure something out, is what he said. So I went with my mom to the shop. I bought two suits, a fancy briefcase. You know, we carried these briefcases in those days. And said goodbye to my family, boarded a plane, headed off to the city of gold, Johannesburg. Well, it turned out that I didn't need the suit or the briefcase for at least the first year. Because I was given a uniform and trained to sell cosmetics behind a counter. It took me six months to stop feeling sorry for myself, Jenny. But years later, I actually realized how wise uh, this man was. Um, because getting to know the real person who bought my brand, considered my brand as a marketing manager, was so much worth more than seven years at university. I love that. And so that still is kind of 
who you are today, right? It's just amazing how those, first off, like the fact that you can manifest at nine, 10 years old, like what you wanted, like there's a lot of people that are still trying to figure that out. So I think that's just amazing that you just went for it because it's a, it's a risk, right? To take those chances and step into that. Absolutely. It's really uh, having a purpose and a vision. And I always say, you know, successful people uh, start not uh, where they are, but where they want to be. And that's really what I did. So throughout that entire journey and the journey to kind of where you're at today, and you can share a little bit about what you're doing today and, and what success looks like is what do you think the most important lesson that you learned or lessons that you learned along the way? And how did it shape who you are today, right? How you show up as this strong leader in, in the speaking community specifically and helping other leaders grow? Well, it's it, it. I'm going to carry on from that L'Oreal story because I then became a product manager and the lesson started there. My biggest lesson started there that actually defined my career and where I am today. Um, one of the biggest perks that I had as the product manager was to sit in an annual review with a French director, Monsieur Everard was his name. He was that boss from France. And um, for a girl of 23, you can just imagine, he was the most intimidating person on earth for me. So we were leading up to this meeting, which was always chaotic. I prepared my boss's PowerPoint presentation, analyzed all the sales trends, um, arranged marketing materials and all those good things. And then on that day, there's the suits. I call them the suits. They marched into the boardroom. There were seven middle-aged men. In those years, for me, that was like prehistoric, you know, middle age. Um, and I tried to blend in with the walls. So I was really wanting to take up as little space and not make eye contact. Um, and don't get me wrong, Jamie, is it wasn't that I was unprepared. I had rehearsed all those answers to possible questions, just wasn't ready to show up. I wasn't ready to be noticed. And today, his, his question still echoes in my head when he said and turned to me, and he said, Mademoiselle Antizana, do you think that the promotion your boss is proposing will make a woman want to buy two shampoos? Oh, my gosh, Jamie. That was my defining moment. That was the opportunity I had been waiting for to make that great impression, you know, the one we want to make. And I searched my brain for a clever answer and some intelligent words, but to this day, I don't remember what came out of my mouth, but I do remember that they were not impressed. And how I know this is that they ignored me for the rest of the meeting. I wasn't invited to the business dinner that evening, and neither did I go to the Paris conference. And I pretty much connected the dots. It was that day that defined my success and where I am today, because I decided that never again would I throw a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to show up. So I began researching, studying, and networking with successful people and applying how they package themselves for success. Mm -hmm. And four years later, I became the youngest marketing director uh, for the number one cosmetic company. That's amazing, right? It, it just, you didn't let that moment define you. You let it empower you right to light a fire under you to do something more and I think a lot of us as leaders I mean things do not always go smoothly whether you're an entrepreneur you're a leader in an organization job loss I just had a friend that lost a job right it, it you have these uh -huh. moments and then we stay in that moment for too long right we let it be who we are instead of just let it be an obstacle 
the 100%. 100%. And, you know, I, I really realized from 23 years now of researching and studying and still working with successful leaders around the world that there are patterns in life. There are patterns in human behavior and there are also patterns in success. And we need to start paying attention to those. And successful people aren't really born with that success gene, are they? Uh, they just learn to implement certain skills and how to package themselves for success, which actually became the title of my book, which I wrote five years ago. <laughs> I love that. And, you know, I growing up, my mom used to tell me success leaves clues. And I never really understood <clears throat> by that until I got into my 20s and my 30s and started to have some of those stuck points, right? Those points in my life where I felt like I needed to do something different or, you know, life was hard. And I right. started to just pay attention to the people that came in and out of my life, or, right? Like, why, why are you and I connecting again? Right. We haven't talked in how long. And I just started getting curious and it's amazing what is, is kind of laid out in front of you that if you're on autopilot, you don't even like see it. And absolutely goes to my point that, um, People always, you know, sometimes they ask me in these kind of podcasts, how do you define success? Well, there's thousands and thousands of, you know, definitions of success. And, and mine kind of changes through the years, right? But one thing that remains constant for me is often laugh when people say, and it, it's happened at different points of my life, when they see how successful, you know, I land this contract, I land this deal. And they'll say things like, wow, Heidi, you are so lucky. And then I know what to say next because it's almost rehearsed to a point. And it's one of my most favorite quotes from, it was car racer. Um, his name is Bobby Unser. And he said, success is where preparation and opportunity meet. And just last week, somebody said to me, you know, oh my gosh, you're so lucky. You got this deal with this huge company and I've been trying to get in there for 17 years. And I said, and she said, you are so lucky. And I said, I've been preparing for 23 years for this opportunity to appear. You know, that's beautiful. And it sparked something in me that I read, and I don't even remember who it was, but recently about your worth, right? Your price, whether it's a speaker, right? I am a consultant, right? An advisor that goes into companies and, and we have a price that we charge. Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm, and somebody was telling a story about how someone challenged their price, right? Somebody a customer mm. said the price, you know, because you're here for the day or whatever. But it, mm -hmm. and the response was, yeah, but 23 years of preparation and experience to share with you is what you're paying for. You're not paying an hourly rate for me to be here. That's exactly when sometimes uh, clients of mine get that sticker shock. Um, that is exactly my answer. And, you know, when we first met, and by the way, you made such an amazing first impression on me um, because, first of all, you're so authentic, and um, which is a wonderful quality in any leader to have. Um, and secondly, you're so damn brilliant. I mean, I wish I could just get into your brain for a day um, and live in there. But and very humble at all that. And I remember in that conversation, you saying something that I have got to a stage of my career that I'm also doing is sometimes we interview our clients too to make sure they're the right fit for us. Right. It's a two way street. And I, I think that's a lesson for everybody, whether it's a career, it's a relationship, is energy has to flow both ways. 
right a relationship to truly be fulfilling and when right. you and I both know as you go through life there's going to be people and things that no longer give you the same energy and you've got to change right you've absolutely got to, got to and I talk about being future fit and if you want to be future fit for success you need to let go of certain things and people that are no longer working for you from the past. So talk a little bit about that, because I see leaders struggle with that. They totally agree with what you just said. But then when it comes to realizing they need to spend time with different people or they need to go to different types of events, right? Because they want more than the people maybe they were. It's so hard for people because you feel like you're like you're, you're being mean if you don't want to spend time with that person anymore. What guidance would you give them to how to just start? Well, it's one of the, the most important skills to have in today's world of disruption. And that is you need to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. it's, it's really the foundation of a, a wonderful skill that I'm going to share with you in a moment. But um, because growth and comfort don't coexist. Right. Um, it's just got to be done with the, a good intention. And if those people that you're moving away with um, um, don't take it up the right way, they weren't the right people to be in your circle of friends to start with or your circle of influence, as I would call it, right? Right. Absolutely. So I want to get to, right, you're on the Superpower Success Podcast. So I want to talk about what do you believe your superpower or powers are that have kind of helped propel you to the point where you're at today? So, you know, recently I actually discovered this. I was writing about my bio for someone and I hate those long bios with how many qualifications you have. Everybody's like a snooze fest, you know, I always like to make it a little bit sassy. And I discovered, I actually discovered that I lived in four continents by the age of 10. Wow. So at a very early age, I had learned to not only survive, as, as they say in today's world, but thrive in that disruption and that change. And I really believe that today we need to be able to do this more than ever. Futurists have predicted, Jamie, that in the 21st century, we will not experience 100 years of progress, but 20,000 years right. of progress. That's the speed of change and acceleration. But you have to have the right skills, the right resources, the right culture. And I know you um, and your company speak so much about culture being pivotal to be future fit for success. You have to have all those things to navigate disruption. And right now, I believe that one of the most essential skills for the future, and certainly one of my superpowers and what I teach and train in my workshops and keynotes is the skill of renewal. The skill of renewal. The greatest example I can share with you about renewal and something that's been been going on since the beginning of time is the changing of seasons. And how does that show up as renewal in business? It's really about it's deliberate. It's a process that is proactive and it is ongoing. Unlike change. PwC, um, they did a study uh, which showed that 75% of all transformation efforts fail. Mm -hmm. The reason being, change is seen as a one-time project. Right. And right. all over the world right now, companies are setting up renewal, reinvention departments. They have chief renewal officers in place because the process of renewal is about 
anticipating change, designing change, and implementing change. And that, I think, is absolutely pivotal in today's world to have as a skill. Like, mind blown. Like, that is such a beautiful way to look at it. We do a lot of change work, meaning helping organizations move human energy, right, in a different direction based on what's happening in the business. But the idea of renewal, to me, is aligns well with being resilient. It's just that we know it's not going to stay comfortable, like the moment we're in right now, and I'm going to have to change and adjust. But this uh, renewal space, I think is just a great word that it isn't, it doesn't have as much conflict around it, right? It's just like you said, it's a natural thing that happens in nature all around us all the time. And you don't have to fight it. It's like swimming against the wave instead of letting the wave carry you. And it has a positive connotation. The word reinvention sometimes, the word change sometimes is like people are all fearful. We have to start from scratch, you know, like Thomas Edison inventing the the light bulb. It's got to be a new invention. Even the word um, you need to be innovative, it just puts fear into people. Um, That's why I, I chose specifically the word renewal because it's a much more uplifting word per se. Yeah. And it's it, even the word itself is forward progress. It's absolutely right. But, yeah, absolutely. But here's the thing is that a lot of people think, okay, um, let's just in, implement the process because we have specific frameworks around a renewal, etc. But it really, the basics of it is, is that leader, is that department or that organization prepared to be comfortable with being uncomfortable that's the basics of it all and I wanted to share and I don't know um, do I have time to share my story about when I got the most uncomfortable I've ever been yes please I want to hear it I put my MBA in discomfort I say in June 2016 and that is when I said goodbye to everything I knew I had an amazing had an amazing company professional development company for 17 years an amazing group of people I was flying really really high financially but I don't know if you've ever felt your soul being restless um your spirit just needs to breathe mm-hmm. and that's how I was feeling and I know some even our listeners now whether you're an entrepreneur whether you're a learner whether you a business owner, a leader is you've had a time when you just say something has to change. And that was my pivotal moment. Um, and that's when I said goodbye to everything. Goodbye to amazing clients, to uh, my parents, lifelong friends. And together with my husband, I boarded a plane in South Africa, Johannesburg, and made a 34-hour journey to start a brand new life in the USA, knowing no one, no one knowing me, um, and basically starting from scratch. And just to make that journey a little bit more uncomfortable, I was traveling with 14-month-old twins and a (laughs) six-year-old. And at the age of 48, I decided to totally renew every aspect of my life. People ask me, was it hard for you? What do you think, Jamie? Yeah. (laughs) It was the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, not only because I w- am the breadwinner in the family, but little things that I, you wouldn't imagine that you have to renew your learning. Even the way that I, we spoke 
um, your American English is not the English I'm used to. And you you say traffic light, I say robots. So you pump gas, I pump petrol, you know. And um, I, I I need to I needed to learn to drive on the other side of the road. That in itself was a huge mind blowing step for me. And I had a lot of those club debate moments where I just wanted to throw the towel in. But failure was really not an option for us because, again, I was the breadwinner. We say, put on your big girl panties and let's get on with it, right? And here's why I'm telling all of this is that within three months of us being here, I've got the biggest contract I've ever had in the 17 years that I was in business, followed shortly after by the second biggest contract. Had I stayed in that place of comfort in South Africa, I would never have had those opportunities. So I honestly believe that to future fit yourself, you need to let go of what's no longer working in the past. And you need to find out what is it that you have to renew. So it's almost like this was meant to be today because I feel like I'm in a state of renewal. And I love that word because it like, that's where I'm at with my business. I've made the decision to hike Mount Kilimanjaro on solo trip in January. And it's that I feel restless. I say, I feel like I need to be cracked open a little bit, right? Ah. I just need something. And it's, it's exactly what you're talking about and and what I talk to leaders about. And I also believe if I'm going to talk about it, then I need to do it. You have to be deliberate about shifting your perspective perspective shift and change is going to come at you, but not the change you want unless you go seek it out. And, and what you did by shifting all of that is you, you, you sought out uncomfortable, but because you knew it was going to allow you to grow. Absolutely. And the other thing that I did and something that I find a lot of leaders get stuck in, especially if they've got a lot of experience in the field, etc., is they're just stuck in their own place. When I came here, the first year, uh, Jamie, I spent $55,000 with coaches, mentors, other leaders to upskill myself. Because you see, the way you do business in America was very different to the way I did business in South Africa. It's just that constant renewal process of your knowledge, your resources, and you have to be intentional with it. Right. And you have to invest in yourself which is what you absolutely and with that being said i invested in um, an amazing woman um to look her up and i I can put the the link in on the podcast i can provide you with that is um her name is dr nadia yeksimbaba she's the queen of reinvention and i was certified as a reinvention practitioner with her and she talks about the story of the titanic and i don't know if you ever maybe guess why do you think the titanic sank well, the obvious is it hit an iceberg. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you didn't get all technical on me because so many people go uh, go the engineering route, you know, like uh, this and that. Well, even though this happened nearly 100 years ago, I think there's some very valuable lessons for us leaders today. Here was the largest man-made moving object of all times with the most advanced technology, most experienced naval crew in the world and the unthinkable happened. En route to from Europe to New York, it sank within three hours and took down with it 70% of its passengers and crews. So the night was clear. There was no reason why it hit, had needed to hit an iceberg. And the two lookouts that were above the crow's nest, 50 feet above, that could have easily have seen the iceberg in time. 
And they also had a bell that could they could ring to get the attention of other crew members, they had a telephone to call into the captain's brig. But there was one thing, one particular thing that they were missing. Can you guess what that was, Jamie? I'm going to say rest and were they, you know, aware and awake, but I'm guessing that's not it. They were, they were brand new on their shift. They literally had been there 30 minutes. Okay. It was a set of binoculars. There were 50 on the captain's deck. And when asked the one survivor in the court uh, case afterwards, when he was asked why did he not grab a pair of binoculars, he said we were the Titanic. We were unsinkable. And he did acknowledge had they had a pair of binoculars, that disaster would not have happened. Dr. Nadia, um, she coined the phrase the Titanic syndrome. And I think this is pivotal in today's world. The Titanic syndrome, essentially, it's a disease that refers to how leaders and organizations today that face disruption, some of them create their own downfall through arrogance, excessive attachments to past successes, and an inability to recognize a new reality. Oh my gosh, this is where most businesses are right now, is we're, we're in a victim mentality of all of this is happening around us instead of saying, we need to change instead of waiting for everything around us to change. 100%. 100%. Love that story. I'm totally taking that <laughs> doing research. Now I'm like intrigued. I mean, it's sad, right? It, so parlay it to business is, you know, people maybe are not deaths of everyone on board, but, but the death of the souls of some of the people in these organizations, right? And the cultures and, and what's happening is, because as leaders, the ego, absolute ego and arrogance of we need to have it all figured out. We need to know all the answers, right? We're, we've done it before. So, right, we know we can figure everything out and there's no vulnerability. No, nothing. I believe that in today's world, in, in business, inaction, inaction is our worst enemy. And it's really taking action in the face of the disruption that's coming. And everyone is so fearful. And I'm sure you, you know, you working with it every day of this pending economic recession. Right. Well, we need to renew how we see a pending recession. Back in 2008, uh, Lego, Domino's and Amazon used the recession as permission to be bold. And that's what we need to learn from those lessons. I had um, a conversation I, this morning. You did? It's so beautiful that you're bringing this up, though. You're right. It's how we look at it. And I actually thought when the pandemic hit, even recently, something's wrong with me because I don't see the sky is falling. I see what right. you're talking about, that there Absolutely. is a lot of opportunity for us to change and evolve and, and, and right, exploit the crisis and the chaos that's going on. But it's, there's just, that's not the mindset of so many. And, and you know that Lego actually had a 63% increase in sales during the 2008 recession because they expanded their reach beyond America. They created licensing deals with brands like Star Wars. They licensed their own brand and made the Lego movie. And it's really about, again, with us as leaders today to be bold when others are fearful. To, to bet on new ideas and creativity that you can leapfrog over your competition that is fearful of the coming times. Right. 
And it's all in your mindset. Mm -hmm. Okay. So any other, anything we haven't talked about before we get to the rapid fire fun questions at the end, any other nuggets, anything else that you want to share with the leaders who are listening? Cause this, this just shows why you are such an amazing speaker. And so inspirational is because this is what drives action. So I want to know if there's anything else. Yes. One of the questions that I often ask in my coaching, in my presentations is, as the listener out there is listening right now, they, they're thinking, yeah, yeah, I know how I need to do that. I need to do that. So my question would be to you, the listener, what do you know what to do that you are not doing it right now? I'm going to repeat it. What do you know what to do that you are not doing? And why aren't you doing that thing? If it's standing in your way to success, hire a coach, hire a therapist if you need. Get out of your own way. Okay, mic drop. <laughs> I need to figure this today. You just gave me a kick in the pants. It's so true. And, and it's not like it's you're telling somebody something they didn't already know. It's that it's just that like reminder that like you right. are in your own way, right? It's not right. doing this to you. And I, I really, I, I want to just share one last uh, survey. I love surveys, as you could hear from some of uh, the, the, the other points I've made. And it's very, very in the basics of being a good leader. So a Gallup survey showed how many working adults found their work meaningful in the USA. Do you want to guess what percentage of working adults in the USA found their work meaningful, Jamie? I'd say 20%, and I might be 13. 13% of adults found their work meaningful, which means 87% did not. So my hope, if you're listening to this podcast today, is that you are amongst the 13% that find their work meaningful. Because I believe as a leader today, we've been specifically chosen at this moment in time in, in history to create opportunities and impact the lives of others. And I see that as a tremendous gift and honor. I'm sure you do, Jamie, as well. And my hope is that your listeners see that too. It is a beautiful way to wrap this conversation, but you're not off the hook yet. So now's the fun part. So I've got okay. fun questions for you. So we're going to do three of these kind of wrap bonus round questions. Mm -hmm. First one, what makes you laugh? My golden doodle, Bella. This guy's is a dog. She's a human being. <laughs> I love that. What do you think the world's going to look like in five years? In five years, huge opportunities, huge opportunities, a, a lot of disruption, but I really believe we're going to be in a better place. I, I it's the optimist in me. You know, I, 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 things had to change. We had to renew, as you're saying. Like, I, absolutely, I, I, it had to happen. COVID was actually um, universally made for change to happen. Yep. So, to lead well, you need to be well. That's what we believe. So, what's one thing you consistently do to manage your own energy? I have recently decided that I was too overwhelmed, too stressed, and I wasn't having enough fun. So I intentionally plan to have fun every day and put it in my calendar. Be it with a walk with my dog, my dogs and my children, be it um, going to do a Pilates class, anything 
that will add some fun into a very stressful day. I, we all need that right now, right? I mean, there's a lot coming at us and a lot happening. I think it's a beautiful reminder. So to say thank you doesn't really feel like the right words. Um, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful that you came into my life um, and that we were able to connect the way we did, right? The energy. And I'm grateful for you coming on here and sharing your wisdom because you have a message that more people need to hear. Um, so anybody who's listening, we will make sure and get all of the information in the podcast notes for how they can figure out how to have you speak at their organization or at their conference, because this is the kind of stuff that we need to energize our leaders around, not more technical skills, right? Not even more leadership skills. It's about them as humans, which is what you're talking about. 100%. And at the same time, I want to thank you and I want to acknowledge you. And I was thinking of how, you, what epitomizes who you are, Jamie. And um, there's a Tom Peters quote that says, great leaders don't create followers. They create more leaders. Yep. And I think that is what, in essence, you have done with your team. And you've helped take so many people and businesses to the next level. So I thank you for that. I appreciate that. And to our listeners, Right, you hear me say this, but the purpose of this podcast is not to have the most beautifully edited and produced and right everything, every word is perfect. And it's to be real and it's to share real stories and real advice that you're dealing with and we're dealing with. And, and so that's the authenticity of this community that we've created. And I just continue to be so grateful for the people that engage and the feedback that we get about these podcasts and the impact that they're having. So I want to thank everybody listening that you are part of this movement that we've created. Thanks everyone. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure and hit that subscribe button so you get the latest episodes as soon as we release them. And remember to keep maximizing your unique leadership superpowers. It truly is the key to building success, both in your career and in life.